in the scriptures to Psalm 112. Psalm 112, and then also I think we'll be going to Acts chapter 20. Psalm 112 and Acts chapter 20. Let's believe the Lord for utterance this evening, for light, truth that makes free, answers, direction that you won't just you won't just hear from me. I won't just hear from myself. <laughs> we'll hear from him. Right? Let's believe for that. Let's release our faith in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree together. Here in Sarasota and there in Branson and and on the internet, we all agree together asking you for utterance, asking you for the anointing, for the manifesting and moving of your spirit and your presence, for giving us all ears that, that hear and eyes that see and a heart and mind that understands. And we purpose to receive, uh, believe, and do what you show us and say to us. And we know when we do, we'll be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody say, I'm a believer. I'm a receiver. And I'm a doer of the Word of God. That's the only people that get results. You've got to do more than listen or go to church, or take notes. You actually have to do what the Word says to get results. So let me, let me ask again, how many doers we got in here? Not just, you're not just program watchers. You're not just service attenders, note takers. You're, right? Say it out loud. I'm a doer. I'm a doer, I'm a doer of the Word of God. That, that's, that being the case, you will see some results. In Psalm 112... Psalm 112, this is such a wonderful psalm, it describes a a man or woman of God, a righteous person, and how blessed they are and will be as they believe on the Lord and follow Him. In Psalm 112, verse 1, it says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. Are we we reading about you? His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Are you sure we're reading about you? Well, all you got to do is back up. Do you you greatly reverence the Lord? Do you delight greatly in everything he tells you to do? Well, we're talking about you then. Verse 3, wealth and riches shall be in his house. Oh, I didn't read that right, did I? Huh? Is that really true? I better read that again. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. That sounds like those prosperity-believing folks. (laughs) That was around a long time before any of those so-called folks nay us uh, came around and his righteousness endures forever until the upright there arises light in the darkness he's gracious and full of compassion and righteous a good man shows favor and lends he'll guide his affairs with discretion he's a giver and he's led 
Surely he'll not be moved forever. Verse 6, say it out loud. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Evil tidings is bad news. A bad report. Now I don't know if you realize it or not. But you're not going to be able to go through your whole life. Without ever hearing a bad report. You're going to hear some bad reports. Either The Bible didn't tell you. That if you were a believer. You'd never have anything to deal with. But if you're a faith person. He always causes you to triumph. You can be an overcomer. Right? You can be more than a conqueror through everything, but whether it's yourself or loved ones or friends or associates, you are going to encounter some bad reports in this life. You already have, and if you live a while, you're going to hear some other things. But I want you to notice, what's the response to the bad report, to the bad news? What? Not afraid, and his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord, his heart is established. And it says it again, he shall not be afraid. Now, is this what you usually see when somebody gets a bad report? No. Yeah, now, we prayed a good prayer a while ago about utterance and everybody here. You're with me on this, right? You're going to help me preach this tonight? Okay. I think I lost somebody just a few moments ago when I talked about hearing a bad report. <laughs> no, you're in a, a curse-filled earth. Hmm? People all around you, including yourself. Haven't always done everything right. Right? Have opened some doors they shouldn't have. Right? And people around you have. And because of all that, not because it's God's perfect will, but because of all this, you're going to hear some bad reports here and there. There are going to be some situations. You're going to have, you're going to, have to either, either people you know are closer to home. And you can't control everything that goes on round about you. But you know what you can control? As a believer, you can control how you respond to it. How you react to it. Didn't say this righteous man, this godly man would never get, never hear a bad report. Because he did. Back up with me. It said, uh, verse 6, surely he shall not be moved forever. Do you like that? The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Keep reading. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. That means some came. Doesn't it? A bad report, some bad news came. But what was his response? Not afraid. Somebody say not afraid. What was the previous verse say? Verse 6. Not moved. Say it out loud. Not moved. 
not afraid. afraid. Keep reading to verse 7. He'll not be afraid of evil tidings because his heart is fixed, which is another way of saying not afraid. Another way of saying not if it's fixed, it's not moving. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Verse 8, his heart is established. He'll not be afraid till he sees desire upon his enemies. And it goes on to to talk about the enemy gnashing his teeth because what he wanted to happen to you didn't happen to you. In fact, it happened to him. And that's what happened. The curse causeless shall not come, but it'll boomerang. Come back on the head of the cursor. The Lord is the captivity turner. Isn't he? Turned our captivity. How many times Jesus in, in his earthly ministry. Did people come in on the mat. And the mat went out on them. Didn't he say take up your bed and go. Well they came in on the bed. The bed went out on them. He turned captivity Captive. He took captivity captive. So uh, notice this, this great truth. I want us to look at it again. Verse 6, surely he shall not be moved. Verse 7, he will not be afraid of evil tidings, bad news, bad reports. I guess I need to camp here a little bit. Because <laughs> apparently some folks have believed that... Uh, It's possible to go through this life and never hear a bad report. (laughs) But you'd be wrong about that. Come on, are y'all with me? Am I reading the Bible? Is this a righteous man we're reading about here in Psalm 112? A good man, a godly man, a man or woman that, that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. And obviously is walking in the light that they have. But even so, through the course of his or her life, they had some bad news come. You can't control everybody around about you. Surely you know that. Hmm? You can't control everything around about you. Surely you know that. But you know what you can control. Tell me what you can, you can control. You can control how you react to the bad report. How you respond. To the bad news. What is the correct response? What is the faith response? Not afraid. Not afraid. What else? Not moved. Right? Because your heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. Your heart is established. Is it possible to live that way? Is it possible to respond that way to any bad report? To every bad bit of bad news that could come your way. Is it possible to respond not in fear, not be moved, but in faith. Trusting the Lord. Hmm? We go to church. We make our confessions. We say these things. We might as well be faith people. What do you think? We might as well live this way at home. Live this way on the job. Actually be faith people. Who respond in faith no matter what we hear or see. Go with me to Acts 20 please. Acts the 20th chapter. 
This is a verse that I've used in my own life numerous times. Uh, Acts 20. And verse 22, Paul's saying by the Spirit of God, he said, I'm, I'm, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. Another way of saying that is, I, I got to go. The Spirit of God's impressed upon me. I know I got to go. Not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Verse 23, how many know even when you're a, a spiritual man, when you're a prophet, when you're an apostle, that doesn't mean you know everything. How many believe Paul was a spiritual man? A prophet and an apostle? But he said, I don't know. Back up verse 22. Somebody needed to hear that. Not knowing <laughs> the things that shall befall me there. Why? Because you've got to walk by faith. Verse 23. Except that the Holy Spirit witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions Abide me or are waiting on me. Is that a good report? That don't sound so good. Right? That doesn't sound good. And the truth was they did. In fact, when, when, when Saul met Jesus for the first time on the road to Damascus before he was born again. For that was through he told him that he was going to show him. Uh, what kind of things he was going to experience in getting the gospel. And he was able to preach to kings and people that are in authority through some very uncomfortable circumstances. And notice what he says. Verse, even though these things are, he said, bonds and afflictions are waiting on me. Verse 24, what did he say? And I've been pretty depressed about it. Y'all pray for me. Because I've, I've been real low. Hmm? I can't seem to shake this depression in dread because I just know I'm going to have problems when I get over there. No? No? What? None of these things move me. Man, I've used that myself numerous times. Numerous times. Something had come up. The enemy likes to practice what I call the pile-up technique. You know what I mean by that? I mean, you know, dealing with this, and you, you'd be okay, you're in faith. But then you also got this happening. And then this also happened. And, and then now what's he trying to do? He's, in, he's endeavoring to overwhelm you. So you get to the place where you just throw up your hands and go, I can't deal with this. And despair. And give up. Quit. But no. He said none of these things move me. Why don't you say that out loud? None of these things move me. None of what things? Well, these afflictions. These bad reports. These problems that, are, that we're sure are waiting on me. <laughs> when I get over to that, that city. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. That's a real revelation right there. So that I might finish my course with tears. What? Because it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> no. No. See, that's some more religion we need to shake off. People say, boy, it's, it, it's, it's really hard. 
serving the Lord. And if you really fully commit to the ministry, it's really, no, no, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So if you got something that's really hard and really heavy, you didn't get it from the Lord. Because his yoke is easy. His burden is light. None of these things move me. Neither can I my life dear to myself. So that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. To testify the gospel. The good news of the grace of God. Tell everybody. About the good news. About the grace of God. Can you say amen? Does that sound like the Lord bringing you through? Overcoming. Victory after victory. Need met after need met. Doesn't mean that you never have a challenge or that you ever never hear uh, some bad news. But if you don't let it move you, if you don't uh, get in fear, if, if you let your heart be established and fixed trusting the Lord, then you can overcome and you can finish your course with joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Somebody say finish your course, finish your course. With, joy. with joy. With joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it one more time. None of these things move me. Get that in your, in your mouth, in your heart, in your mind. Have it on standby for when things seem daunting. Our multiple things have been piled up. Tell me what you say and, and show me how you say it. Yeah, but it's a big mess. I mean, but this is this is serious. This is serious. Somebody could die. Huh? But it's a lot of money. We're, talk, we're not talking about $20 here. <laughs> this is serious money. And we got to have it by the end of the month. Whenever. We got to have it. Got to have it. Are you sure? I'm looking at faces. Some faces look moved. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> it ain't funny. <laughs> That's a problem. Which is what we're talking about tonight. And I'm glad you're here. <laughs> there's a fear way to deal with things. And there's a faith way to deal with things. And anybody that will can choose the faith way. It's a choice. I said it's a choice. And those that choose the faith way can see some amazing results. Can see some miraculous results. Thanks be unto God. Uh, go with me please to Matthew, the 24th chapter.
Matthew 24. And uh, I'm going to also read this. This is recorded in, in Mark and in Luke. I'm going to read Luke's account as well. But in Matthew 24, anybody know what's in Matthew 24? A lot of revelation about um, end of days happenings and progression, what would happen and, and how it's going to happen. And uh, let's see, in about verse 4, well, excuse me, verse 3. As, as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Now, the first thing he said in answer to them is that you need to watch out, that people don't deceive you about this. About what? About his coming and the end of the world. So anything you hear relative to that, you need to have your ears on and be on the watch to, to measure everything by the word. Amen. Because Jesus himself warned us that there'd be a lot of deception connected to these things. His, the teachings on his coming and the end of the world. Keep going, verse 5. For many will come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Now, what's your response supposed to be? Hmm? What's your response supposed to be? Now, if you read the rest of this passage, and in fact, let me, uh, let me read, just hold your place right here. But Luke's account says it like this, when you hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified. For these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Verse 18, he said, there will not a hair of your head perish. In your patience, you possess your souls. That's Luke's account of this. I've heard people teach on end times and teach on uh, prophecy and the coming of the Lord, and the end of the world, and, and revelation. And the further they went, the, the quieter everybody got, and the more scared you could tell everybody is. Which is completely ignoring what Jesus said. Are y'all with me? People say, ooh, ooh, it's going to be bad. Ooh, it's going to be hard. Tell me what the Master told us. In verse 6. Come on, read it again. Uh, this is Matthew. Matthew 24, 6. When you hear, and, and you can couple with this, he talks about other things in the book. He talks about earthquakes in different places and, and different kinds of turmoil and problems. And you hear about wars, actual wars, and then wars that might be about to break out. And when you hear that, be afraid. Be very afraid. No. Now why would I say that? Because that is a lot of people, a lot of church going people's response. Isn't it? Somehow or another they completely miss what Jesus told us. When you hear about these things, what did he say you and I are supposed to do? See. Jesus said see to it. 
see that you be not troubled. When? When you hear bad bad reports. Mm -hmm. When you hear bad things. Somebody said war just broke out. Hmm? What's your response? Oh, Lord. I don't know what's going to happen. This may be it. End of times, you know. It's going to be awful. That's being troubled. I said that's being troubled. Did I lose somebody? Hmm? That is the standard churchgoer response. Standard religious response is to get quiet. And go, boy, it's going to be awful. Well, what did he say? When you hear about these things, help me out. Jesus, the head of the church, said, see to it. See that you be not troubled. Are we going to take him seriously about this or not? If we're going to take him seriously, we can't take this other stuff too seriously. Oh, it's there. We know it. It's real. Some of it's bad. But how, what, did, what did Jesus tell us to do? See that you be not troubled. So your response would still be good right here. None of these things move me. I hear them. I see them. But I refuse to be afraid. Hmm? I refuse to fear. I refuse to be shaken. I refuse to be moved. Hmm? Why? Because he told me not to be. Didn't he? He told me to see to it. How many think when the head of the church tells you see to something? Should we take him seriously? We should take him seriously. What did he say see to it what? See to it that you're, that you're not troubled. You don't let it trouble you. That, that's revelation then. We must have a choice. We must be able to not yield to the panic and the fear. Not yield to being moved and shaken. We saw in Psalm 112, the godly man or woman, heart is fixed. Heart is established. They'll not be moved. Somebody say, I'll not be moved. I'll not be moved. I'll not be moved. None of these things move me. They don't move me. Now you need to say it when you feel moved. (laughs) Don't you? The time you most need to say it is when you look moved, sound moved, feel moved. Everybody around you sure is moved. (laughs) But you got to realize that that all these symptoms of fear and panic doesn't resist it. It's just things you're feeling and hearing and seeing, but you still can make a choice and make a stand and say, no, my heart's not going to be moved on this. I know whom I believe. I'm persuaded. He's able to keep me. Right? Sure. I know the one who made this planet. Right? I know the one. He calls me his child. 
Right? I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to rest in him. I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be moved. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Go with me back to Psalm 37. There's another word that you and I need to equate with this. Psalm 37. If you're going to live by faith, actually, truly, you're going to be different. Hmm? You're going to be different than most, most church-going people. You're going to be different than most confessing Christians. Because even though a lot of people confess and claim Jesus as their Savior, they don't really live by faith. They, they walk by sight. They live pretty much like the unsaved world around them. But if you and I are actually going to be followers of Christ, not just a believer, but a disciple, and endeavor to live like he lived, walk like he walked, he lived by faith. He walked by faith. And that is 180 from how the world is living and operating. And when you, if and when you respond to something in faith, when everybody else is responding in fear, you are going to stick out like the proverbial sore thumb. Why? Because they're crying, they're shaking, they're scared, and you're not. They're falling apart, and you're not. They're talking about how awful and terrible it is, and you won't. Not that you're not tempted to, not that you don't feel like it sometimes, but you just refuse to. You refuse to. Your heart is fixed, established, trusting in the Lord. And you're not going to let these things move you. You will stand out. But you'll also be glad when good things happen for you. That other people that, that fell apart didn't get. In Psalm 37... Notice what, what he's saying here in verse 1. Psalm 37, verse 1 said, what does it start off with? Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Let me give you another word. That I believe will turn on some lights. Instead of saying fret not yourself. Actually uh, I'm going to read something to you. That shows that this is the meaning in just a moment. How about this. Don't get upset. (laughs) Don't get upset. About people that are doing wrong things. Evil is bad. People that are doing bad and wrong things. Somebody say, don't get upset. upset. Say it again, don't get upset. upset. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. They'll soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Notice he mentions time here. 
don't, don't let this get you all worked up. It won't be long. It's going to be a non-issue. And if that's true, then all you're getting upset was for nothing. Because in a short amount of time, it wasn't going to be relevant anyway. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shall you dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. Somebody say, I will be fed. I'm trusting him. My needs will be met. My bills will be paid. I will be fed. Well, if that's true, why should you be upset? Well, yeah, but what about what they're doing? He just told you don't fret over that. Hmm? Yeah, but they're sure causing some problems. What's the, what's the word of the Lord to you? Don't be upset about that. Boy, you know, if we ever actually took the word seriously and started doing it. (laughs) Commit your way, excuse me, verse 4, delight yourself also in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. This started off with not being upset. And now it implies some time has passed. But you wind up with the desires of your heart. For it's over with. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. And he'll bring it to pass. Verse 7. Rest in the Lord. Everybody say rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. He says it again. What? Fret not yourself. In fact the complete Jewish Bible says it like this. The CJB. Complete Jewish says, be still before Adonai, wait patiently till he comes, don't be upset by those whose ways succeeds because of their wicked plans. Verse 8, stop being angry, put aside rage, and don't be upset. That's the complete Jewish Bible. Don't be upset. Don't be upset. Don't be upset. Verse 8, stop being angry. Put aside rage and don't be upset. It leads to evil. What leads to evil? Being upset. upset. You ever got upset? (laughs) No need to raise any hands. (laughs) Is it okay to get upset? You sure? Huh? So, you going to quit getting upset? (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Somebody say, don't be upset. upset. He said, uh, uh, stop being angry. Put aside rage. Well, that's being upset, isn't it? You got mad over this. You got worked up over this. If you are mad, if you're upset, if you're hurt, are you unmoved? No. You're moved. Is your heart established? No, it's all over the place. Your heart fixed? No, it's not. You're up. You're down. You're hot. You're cold. 
You want to hit somebody and then you want to cry. You're upset. And here's a revelation. And you are not in faith. Which is a big problem. I said it's a big problem. Because if you're not in faith, you're not going to get any answers any more than anybody else in the world that's not in faith. If you're not in faith, it's not going to work out good. It's not going to all turn out right in the end. This is a trick of the enemy that he has been all entirely too successful with. Hasn't he? Man, there's so many Christians. The enemy hardly has to get anything stirred up for them to get upset. They'll get upset over the least little piddly things you ever heard of. Having pastored now for a few years and been in the ministry for longer than that, it's one of the things that I shake my head about. And I understand what's happening but you just wish that folks would be more aware and, and see the, the ploys and tactics of the enemy. I don't know. At the number of times I've seen people, we've had a few people in, in our own churches do this. And I've seen a number of people in other churches and ministries. They just, they're not there one Sunday. And then they're not there and they're not there. And you try to find out, well, what happened? You know, are y'all okay? Do you need some help? And you know what you find out? I said, you know what you find out again and again and again? Can anybody imagine what happened? They got upset. And a lot of times, I mean, sometimes it's, they got upset with me or with Phyllis, but a lot of times it's not. They got upset with somebody that they worked with on the team, or they got upset with somebody that they met in the parking lot, or they got upset, and so they don't go to church anymore. Huh? Did God fail you? Did God quit you? Did God let you down? Then how are you going to quit him? Because you got upset because somebody said something dumb. Or maybe they didn't even say anything. You just imagined that they did. Have you ever seen this? I tell you this. I've seen it over and over and over again. Time and time again. When you get upset. You're missing it. When you get upset, you're wrong. Let me say it perfectly. When you get upset, you're yielding to the wrong thing. Elsewise, you wouldn't be upset. When you get upset, you're yielding to something wrong. And see the very... Come on, think about it. When you're upset... Do you have peace? No. no. Do you have joy? No. no. Are you experiencing grace and blessing? No. no. So it ain't the Holy Spirit. If it's not Him, what spirit is it? Strife. Anger. Come on, are you listening? Grief. Sorrow. Vexation. Oh, you don't have to, you don't need any word of knowledge to know what this is. Look at the fruit of it. I said, look at the fruit of it. And you realize 
this is wrong. This is a wrong spirit. This is a wrong thing. If you see that, shouldn't you immediately quit yielding to it? Which would mean you would stop being upset. And if you say, well, I can't help it, that's a lie. Don't believe it. Because what did Jesus say? Don't let your heart be troubled. Didn't he say it? Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid, which means you can choose not to yield to that. Well, we're having fun now, aren't we? Huh? Somebody say, don't be upset. I'm, I'm reading verbatim Psalm 37, 7 out of the complete Jewish Bible. Don't, don't be upset. And he talks about these people. I, a few, uh, actually it's been, what, a couple of months ago or so. I was in another state in a meeting and in an interesting set of circumstances, but things were going good. It was a little hard getting started, but after the first night or two, man, we're, we're gaining ground. Things were making it good. The people there were in a hard set of circumstances. And one of the young men that was so thrilled that we were there, he was uh, a key component in us being there. Uh, He was so thrilled, and he enjoyed the first night immensely. And the second night, I saw him, and I could tell his countenance has fallen. And I'm thinking, buddy, you've been wanting this to happen for so long, and it's happening. We're here. We're having a meeting. God's moving. Good things are happening, and you're upset. Why? I didn't say all that, but I, I thought it, and so I, I, I caught him for a minute, and, and, and I said, is everything okay? He said, no. So-and-so, one of the guys over there, took advantage of your generosity and, and took too much of the, the things that y'all brought. He was upset. He was really put out. He said, I think I'm going to go talk to him about it. I said, sit down. (laughs) When I said that, he looked at me and he said, that's not right, is it, Brother Keith? I said, no. No. I said, said, now now analyze this just a little bit. You are being robbed right now of enjoying what's going on here. I said, aren't you happy about this? He said, oh, yeah, I am. I said, you don't look happy. I thought you'd been believing for this, praying for this to happen for months, and it's happening. And here you are all bent out of shape, all upset. Well, oh, he shouldn't have done that. And I told him what we'd just been talking about. I said, listen, you can't control what everybody around you does. You're never going to be able to control what everybody says or does. If you chase that, do you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to be upset all the time about something. Because there's always going to be somebody that didn't say something or did or didn't do something or did. How many know people that are upset all the time about something? It's always something that's upsetting them. And they don't realize the enemy is playing them like a violin. Isn't he? All he's got to do 
is put something in this one's head and have him say it and have this one do or not do something. They're upset. And when they get upset, they're upset because they're upset. And they get upset because they're not acting right. And this bunch is upset with this bunch. And this bunch is upset with this bunch. And you do it long enough, you just get so worked up and so frenzied and you forget what you're upset about. But you just know you're mad. And you're hurt and they shouldn't have done it. It's a trick. Somebody say trick. It's a trick. It's a device of the devil. And we're not ignorant of his devices, saints. I told him. I, 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 now, he, he was open. He respected me. So I took some time to talk to him. I wouldn't always try to tell this to everybody. But I did with him. I said, listen. I said, have you noticed that you, you're upset often? He said, Mm-hmm. I said, a lot of times you've gotten mad and upset. He said, mm-hmm. I said, the enemy's playing you. When are you going to quit dealing to him? So what? They did that. You're not in control of that. That's between him. We're the ones that brought it. Do I look upset to you? <laughs> Well, they're taking advantage of you, Brother Keith. I said, I'm not upset. If I'm not upset, why should you be upset? Amen. See, he's being upset for me. <laughs> to prove how much he cares. <laughs> it's a trick. Yeah. Come on, are you listening, saints? It's a trick. It's a lie of the devil. I'm telling you, saints, again and again and again, when you're upset, you're yielding to something wrong. And you're not in faith. How many think it's a very big problem if you're not in faith? Anyway, he saw it. Next night, I saw him again. He, he said, I'm excited about this. <laughs> he said, I've been way too upset too much of my life. I'm going to quit letting the devil do me like this and play me like this. I said, well, get ready because you won't have to go long. <laughs> Until you're going to be tempted to get upset. And see, the problem is, when you've yielded to it so much for so long, you can be upset without even thinking about it. You, because you've practiced it for decades. That's right. You're good yeah. at being upset. Yeah. Highly developed in it. And you'll have to get a hold of yourself and get a hold of your, 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 your mouth and your emotions and your feelings and say, no, wait up, wait up, wait up. Quit it. This is not faith. I got to quit this. I got to get in faith. I want results. I don't want what the rest of the world gets. Because if you're believing that God is with you and that everything's going to work out for your good and His glory, why would you be upset? You're upset because you don't believe that. You believe it's bad and going to get worse. Why are you upset? You're expecting bad things. Not in faith. The scripture said, don't be upset. Verse 8 said, stop being angry. Put aside rage. Don't be upset. It leads to evil. Listen to this in Proverbs 19 and 3. I'm going to read the easy to read translation. Proverbs 19 and 3, 
It says people ruin their lives with the foolish things they do, and then they blame the Lord for it. <laughs> That's Proverbs 19.3. The Darby translation of Proverbs 19.3 says, The folly of man distorts his way, and his heart is irritated against Jehovah. Are there Christians that are upset with God? Uh, <laughs> should I? Maybe I shouldn't say that. Uh, how many understand God's not your problem? To be frustrated with God and upset with God shows you are really off the tracks. You just don't have a clue what's going on and how things really are. Because God never has been your problem, never will be your problem, and the one who is your total answer and completely able to deliver you, meet your needs, he's the one you're mad and upset with. <laughs> it's quiet in this, this church. How many think it's absolutely foolish to be upset with God? That shows you you don't know. Well, you think he's your problem, so you think he's holding out on you somewhere or another. And that's wrong. That's just not true. Hallelujah. Selah means think about that some. Go to James, please, the first chapter. James chapter 1. You still believing with me? You think there's a different way to live than most of the world lives? Yes. Is there a victory way to live? Yes. yes, there is. Yes, there is. We've been on uh, uh, a series in recent times. Uh, we taught there on Sunday mornings in Branson on the power of patience. And if you didn't, didn't get that, let me encourage you to, to get that. You can go online, get it, it won't cost you anything. Uh, you can get copies of it uh, in the churches here too, in the Word Supply. But we, we talked about the importance of the companion force of faith called patience. And one of the things we talked about was give God time. Give God time. And, and you don't have any more faith then you do patience when your patience runs out that's also the end of your faith and so we, we got through reading there in the psalm where he said in a short amount of time those people that you're upset about that's going to be irrelevant and a non-issue and if, if you can just calm yourself when something rubs you the wrong way just calm yourself and relax and give God time to help you in your situation, work on your situation, then you'll be responding in faith, not getting upset all the time. Getting upset, acting like it's the end. Acting like this is awful, can't be fixed. <laughs> right? Coming apart. Let me give you, a, I'll just wait on into this some more. I'm about calf deep now. Let's just wait on in. <laughs> Knee deep at least. Let me give you some definitions so you're sure you, you know what we're talking about here. What does it mean to be upset? To be upset means to be forced out 
of the usual upright level and proper position. You're moved out of position. Out of what position? Out of the proper position a believer should be in. Who's trying to move you out of proper position? Who's trying to get you out of faith? To be upset is to be troubled mentally, emotionally, to be disturbed, to be thrown into disorder. Listen to another definition of upset. To defeat unexpectedly. They, they upset them. It was a big upset. We use that kind of terminology. What does that mean? Defeated them unexpectedly. This is a tactic of the enemy. To defeat you unexpectedly. By coming in, getting your emotions all worked up. Getting you upset. Here's some other words, just to be sure that we know what we're talking about. You ever heard of being flustered? Agitated? Disquieted? Huh? To be flustered means your capacity for collected thought has been destroyed. Disquieted means you've lost your sense of security. You've lost your peace of mind. Disturbed means something's interfering with your mental processes, causing worry, perplexity, and interruption. Agitated, you've got external signs of nervousness and emotional excitement. Agitated, annoyed, frustrated, aggravated, disturbed, upset. Is it okay? No. No. What's happening when you're that way? Not in faith. Because if you were in faith, you wouldn't be yielding to that. Because if you really believe God's heard your prayer, and you really believe he's working on it right now, and you really believe the answer's on the way, and you really believe just give God some time, and this thing's going to work out, we're going to wind up in good shape, what is there to be upset about? (laughs) Well, I can tell everybody likes this one. Did you find James? James, the first chapter. Hmm, Thank you, Lord. You'll like it when the devil quits winning. Hmm? You'll like it when you shut down his little party in your life. James 1. Now, uh, he talks about when you need something, and he's talking specifically about wisdom here, that you can ask God for it, and he'll give it to you. James 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, realize God in his wisdom may not have seen fit to give you much. And accept your lot in life. No, that's religious junk. Somebody say religious junk. If you lack, what do you do? Ask him for some, and he gives to all liberally and upbraids not. And it will be given to him, to the one asking. But 
You got to ask the right way. You got to ask how? In faith, which means nothing wavering. Now, he, he goes ahead and defines wavering for you. What's wavering? Like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. What does that look like? We're out here by the Gulf, right? You ever seen a wave? What's happening with that wave? Is it stable? Is it fixed? Is it established? Nah, it's all over the place. Can your heart be all over the place? Is that okay? It's not okay. Because if your heart is like that wave, it's up here, it's down here, it's over there, it's it's moving all over the place. If it's like that, verse 7 says, let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. What man? The upset man. Hmm? The upset man. The wavering man. The fearful man. Don't let that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. Verse 8. A double-minded man is what? Is what? See, faith makes you stable. Doesn't it? God doesn't change. When you're believing Him, you don't change. Because what you're believing doesn't change. Because His Word doesn't change. Because He doesn't change. When you're all over the place, you're believing something besides what He said. When you're believing what He said, you're expecting good things. You give God time. You don't panic. You don't throw up your hands and quit. You're expecting to get that wisdom you asked for. You're expecting to get those answers. You're expecting to get the money to pay off your bills. You're expecting changes in your body. Come on, are you listening? You're expecting. He said, well, long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. So that's what you're expecting. Even though they gave you a bad report and told you you may not live out the month. You got a choice. You can go spastic. You can cry your eyes out. Come on, are you listening? You can go, well, this is it. This is the end. And you can be upset and you can stay upset and you can leave prematurely. And if you're saved, you go to be with the Lord. Thank God for that. But you're robbed of time you could have had down here. Because I'm going to believe God can fix things. Can he fix things? He can fix things. He can restore things. He can meet needs. He created all this. Why wouldn't you think he could fix it? But if you're going to receive something, you've got to get in faith. And you've got to stay in faith. And faith isn't upset. <laughs> Let me tell you how I learned about this. Uh, 30 years ago probably, there were some things going on. And I was upset. Actually, I was frustrated and annoyed, which is different degrees of upset (laughs) right and I was in my car I remember I know exactly where it was I was getting on the interstate another state long ways from here and I was uh, I like a car that will accelerate and had my foot in it because I'm going to catch up to the traffic it's not safe to be dawdling around out there (laughs) 
Pulling away from all the traffic gives you more room too. So. So I was doing that. But at the same time, I was annoyed and frustrated about a particular thing. And as I emerged onto the uh, interstate and, and relaxed a little bit and sat on the cruise control, the Spirit of God spoke to me. I don't mean I heard a voice audibly, but inside me very distinctly. He said to me, Keith, frustration isn't faith. When he said it, I knew it was so. And I realized, I'll never get results like this. Do, do we just get through reading this? The man that's wavering all over the place, is, is he or she going to get results? He said, he said, don't think you will. Don't be deceived to think you will. Why? Because you're not in faith. Yeah, but I made good confessions this morning. Yeah, but you're upset. You're frustrated. You're annoyed. You're agitated. You're not in faith. I saw it. When I saw it, I thought, I'm going to quit this now. I want results. Don't you want results? I want answers to my prayer. I want to come out of this. I want victory. And the only way I'm going to get it is with his help. The only way I'm going to get his help is with faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And frustration isn't faith. Vexation isn't faith. Being disturbed, agitated, upset isn't faith. It makes you unstable. And the double-minded, vacillating, wavering, unstable person won't receive. Somebody say, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. You are not the wavering person in James. You are the person in Psalm 112. You just got through telling me that. Didn't you say that? You are the Psalm 112 heart is fixed. Heart is established. Refuse to be afraid. Refuse to be upset. Are you that kind of man or woman? Then you will get results. You'll get results other people don't get. Go with me please. Over to the book. Gospel accounts here of Luke. Actually, actually, actually. Go to 2 Timothy 2 and then we'll work our way back to Luke. 2 Timothy 2. When you are shaken, what is it that's being shaken about you? When you're upset, what is upset? Just like something that was stable and balanced and in the right position was upset. Now it's moving all over the place. When you're upset, when you're shaken and moved, what about you is being moved? In uh, 2 Timothy, the second chapter, and in the Amplified, the 14th verse, 2 Timothy 2.14, Amplified. He said, remind the people of these facts and solemnly charge them in the presence of the Lord to avoid petty controversy over words. Say it out loud. Avoid. avoid. Petty. petty. Controversy. controversy. Words is what's said. Avoid petty controversy over what's said, which does no good except what? What does it do? It upsets and undermines what? 
The faith of the hearers. When you get upset and you're being shaken, what's being shaken? Your heart is being shaken. And with the heart, man believes. Your faith is being shaken. An upset person is a person with shaken faith. Their heart is moved and their faith is shaken. And if you find yourself there, see how quick you can get back to the established heart. Right? But don't just... See, there are people that get upset several times a day and think nothing of it. It's just the way they, they think, well, that's just the way I am. I'm sorry. You know, I don't have a lot of patience. I got kind of a short fuse, but I got my good qualities too. If you love me, you just have to love the way I am. Actually, we don't. We can love you without loving your goofy ways. <laughs> and you shouldn't accept the way you are. Much less try to make us accept it. If it's wrong. <laughs> that went over big, didn't it? Uh, verse 18 he talked about men and amplified again 2 Timothy 2.18 men who've gone astray from the truth saying that the resurrection has already taken place and thus they upset the faith of some wrong teachings are upsetting people they're allowing their hearts to be moved off of believing something because somebody taught something else and all you got to do is look at the result, look at the fruit of it. When you're vexed, when you're upset, when you're mad, when you're depressed. What spirit is that? That's not the Holy Spirit, is it? So why would, if you know it's not the Holy Spirit, why would you be yielding to it? Stay mad for, for weeks. Stay upset. Well, they shouldn't have said that. Maybe they shouldn't have. But it doesn't make you okay by being upset about it. Amen. You can't control. I, I mean, if you, if you go off, every time somebody says something wrong, you're going to be upset all the time. And the enemy will see to it that people come around you and say the wrong stuff. He will inspire it. He will. And there's plenty of people that if it comes across their mind, they will say it. Without examination. They'll just spit it right out. And if you're upset about all that all the time, you're just going to stay upset. And what will happen is you'll be being robbed, 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 because you're kept out of faith. You're kept wavering. You're kept imbalanced, moving, shaken. Tell me your phrase again. Come on, help me. I don't want you to forget it. None... Of these things, move me. None of what things? Anything, period. Will you ever feel like being moved? Oh, yeah. Feelings are real. Will your anger ever try to flare up on you? Oh, it will. Sure it will. You'll feel it. But it's a choice. Am I going to yield to it? Express it? And get more upset? And stay upset? Or am I going to resist it and go, no, you don't. No, you don't play me. I want results on this thing. I want God to get involved in this. So I can't do that. I got to get in faith and stay in faith. I got to cast all my cares over on him 
Right? I've got to keep my mind straight on what he said, not on all this goofy stuff. Right? And if I do, he will keep me in perfect peace. Right? And I won't be upset. Oh, you'll be tempted to get upset. And there'll be times you'll hear some bad reports. And you'll be tempted to get upset about it. But do you want some miracles? Do you want some God things in your life? Then you can't go that way. You can't let yourself go that way. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. My heart is established. My heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. So when they're moved and upset, their heart was being moved and their faith was being shaken. Which is what being upset is revealing. Go to Luke 10 now. Luke 10. Luke 10, one of the most well-known classic examples of getting upset. And uh, we can learn so much from it. I'll just say one word repeated twice, and you'll know what it is. Martha. Martha. (laughs) In uh, Luke 10, verse 38. Luke 10, 38, it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. That's kind and good. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. Martha is a worker. Which is good. Martha is responsible. Which is good. Martha cares that everybody's taken care of. Everything gets done. That's good. It's all good. But you can go too far with it. I said you can go too far with it. How could you tell when you went too far? <laughs> Y'all are sharp. (laughs) She was cumbered about much serving. And she came to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore that she help me. Tell her to get her lazy self up. Get it here in the kitchen and help me. This food ain't going to cook itself. And 90% of the church would go, Amen, Martha. Amen. Right? Exactly right. Too many lazy people around here. Now, what's going on in this room? Jesus is speaking. So I guess Martha had to interrupt him. 
to come in here and say this. And I know she does not realize, like all upset people don't realize, (laughs) her tone and what she's implying and what she's suggesting. But this is what happens to you when you get real upset. You get blind. You lose your self-awareness. You lose awareness of what's really going on around about. Why? Because all you can see are stars. (laughs) And red. She's put out with her sister, isn't she? What, What did she say? Lord, don't you care. Really? What's she doing? Accusing the Lord of not caring enough about things he should care about. Really? (laughs) That's what you do when you get upset. You open your mouth and you say stuff you should never say. You yield to feelings and thoughts. Have you ever got real upset with somebody? And got involved in an intense communication. Just no hands raised. Just look straight ahead. And especially if it's somebody that you've known a long time. A a family member. A spouse in particular. Have you ever noticed that the, the, the more you get into it. You begin to remember all kind of things that they have done wrong. You remember details of things that happened 20 years ago. And you, can, and, you, and you can just spout it. It's like you're inspired. Because <laughs> you are. But it ain't the Holy Spirit inspiring you. It's another spirit that steals Kills and destroys and is trying to hurt somebody you love through your mouth. And if you get upset enough, you'll have said and done a bunch of stuff you didn't even, you weren't aware of its impact and its effect until later on. She comes in here and accuses the Lord of not caring enough. What's her problem? Come on, help me out, saints. What's what's wrong with her? She's upset. Then she tells him what he needs to do. (laughs) She tells Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, First of all, that he needs to care more about what's going on here. And secondly, that he needs to uh, bid her means tell her. In other words, the understood subject is you. You tell her to get in here and help me. This is disrespectful, isn't it? This is so disrespectful. Now, let's just stop right here. I believe Martha is a great woman. I believe she's a good woman. I'm looking forward to meeting her when we get to heaven. (laughs) 
I do. I believe she's a great woman. I believe she's a good woman on the earth. But good people can get off. Can't they? When what happens? <laughs> when they get upset. Is her heart fixed? Is her heart established? She's all over the place. Isn't she? She's worked up. She's agitated. She's frustrated. She's annoyed. She's mad. She's put out. She's hurt. Hmm? You ever been any of those things? Let me go over this again real slowly now. Anytime, every time, anytime you start to get like this, you are yielding to something wrong. Every time. Every time. She comes in there, she interrupts the service. How many imagine Jesus was saying something really good? Do you believe? The anointing was good. And here she comes in. Jesus breaks the peace and the atmosphere. How many upset people always do that? Why? Because it's built in them. Sometimes for days. They fumed over it. Laid awake at night. Gritted their teeth. And finally, they're going to pick up the phone and call somebody. And those first words will pierce. And when they come in, I need to talk to you. Oh, you do. Everybody say, faithless. Faithless. Wrong spirit. spirit. Do you want to be faithless? Do you want to yield to a wrong spirit? Then we got to quit this. I said, we got to quit it. So she corrects the Lord and tells him what to do (laughs) and is so deceived she actually thinks he's going to do it. What does she think? She must actually think that Jesus is going to go, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Martha. Bless your heart. Isn't there trying to take care of things? Mary, get yourself up and get in there, sister. (laughs) She must, she would not have gone in here and done this if she didn't think this could be the result. But it was not the result. I said it was not the result. Verse 41. Jesus answered, he looked at her and he said, Martha, Martha. And as we've said before, the Lord calls your name twice like that. Just go ahead and start kneeling down. <laughs> huh? Because <laughs> it's time to repent. Right? Martha, Martha, you're careful and what? Troubled. troubled about many things. You're careful and troubled about many things. The NIV says, you are worried, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, this is the NIV, you are worried and upset about many things. The Living Bible says, the Lord said, Martha, dear friend, you are so upset over all these details. 
It's great that she wanted to make them a good meal. It's great that she wanted everybody to be taken care of. But you know what she missed? You know what she missed big time? Was she even supposed to be in the kitchen herself? Is anybody awake? Again and again, when you get so upset with somebody about what they're doing or not doing, a wise man or woman will back off and say, am I even supposed to be doing this? It's not working. Everything is just going the wrong way. Everybody's getting more frustrated by the minute. Instead of demanding and pushing and getting harder and getting more upset, it's time to back off and reexamine. Am I supposed to be doing this? And if you are, you know you're supposed to be in faith. So you've got to quit the upset stuff. So upset over all these details. Now let's back her up. How do you back up the tape? <laughs> Obviously, Martha could have responded differently. Couldn't she? Or the Lord, if she couldn't help it, the Lord wouldn't have corrected. So she could have done something differently. Tell me what she could have done differently. Put yourself in Martha's shoes. Hmm? You got stuff in the oven. You got stuff on the stove. Huh? You, you got to cut up the tomatoes. You, you got to slice the, you got to shred the lettuce. You, you got to do this over here. You got to do this over there. And where is your sister? <laughs> huh? The moment the thought and feeling comes to you, she should be in here helping you. Here's where it's made or broken. Hmm? Again and again, it comes back to this. Thinking somebody owes you something. Thinking you're entitled. Come on, are you listening? Thinking you know what's best for them. You know what they should be doing. All these should be red flags that you're going off the tracks. Could she have done something different? I said, could she have done something different? Is it possible she could have done something other than get all worked up and get upset? What could she have done? Help me out. What could she have done? What could she have done? She could have said, that's none of my business. That's between her and the Lord. Hmm? I'm so thankful. I got my health. I got this good kitchen. I'm so thankful. I got all this food. I got plenty of money. I'm so thankful. Jesus is in my house. We're having a meeting. Huh? And how many believe if she had kept a right heart and a right attitude, if she needed to be doing something else, Jesus might have called her. Told her. Martha, wait on that. Come in here right now. Don't you hear with me? Could it have gone a different way? If what? What? If what? If she hadn't yielded to the flesh, yielded to the feelings, yielded to the wrong thinking and stuff, and gotten so upset. In closing to John, the 14th chapter. Somebody said, already? Hey, you got plenty to think about. And I got plenty 
to think about. How many think if we put what we've heard the last few minutes into practice immediately, could anybody tell a difference? (laughs) In John, the 14th chapter, such an amazing, wonderful thing that Jesus himself has said to us. John 14 and verse 1. John 14 and 1. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. How many believe in the words of Jesus? Do you respect what he told you? Is this God's word, God speaking to me? Can I take it personally for myself? Then did the Lord tell you, don't let your heart be troubled? If you, if you thought you couldn't do it before he told you, once he told you, you know you can because his word comes with power. His commands are enablings. The very fact that he told you to do it with what he told you came the ability to do it. Somebody say, I can do this. I can do this. You can do what? I can not let my heart be troubled. I can choose not to go that way. Not to get upset. He said, you believe in God? Believe also in me. Go down to the 27th verse. John 14 and 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Can you picture Jesus being upset about trivial, piddly things? Huh? Somebody slighted him. Somebody didn't do this for him. Can you picture Jesus being upset, moping somewhere, and the disciples having to encourage him? Can you picture it? No, you can't. Because he didn't operate that way. He pleased the Father all day and all night, which means he operated in faith all day and all night. Which means he didn't yield to this. Didn't mean he was never tempted, because the Bible said he was tempted in all points, just like us. He he was pressed and pushed. The enemy subjected him to the most extreme temptation for those 40 days and nights. But it's always up to us whether we yield to it or not. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Listen to the complete Jewish Bible on this. Reading the words of Jesus, just in another translation, complete Jewish says, what I am leaving you, what I am leaving with you is shalom. I'm giving you my shalom. Somebody say, I have his shalom. I have Jesus personal peace. It's mine. What do you think about somebody that has Jesus' personal peace? How upset should they be? (laughs) I don't give the way the world gives. Don't let yourselves be upset or frightened. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. 
who always causes us to triumph, who gives us the victory through the greater one, through our Lord, through our Master. Close your eyes and just lift up your your hearts and your minds on Him. Let's sing, I got peace like a river. Let's sing that. that I was going to side with my flesh, that people didn't like me or Keith didn't like me or whatever the situation was, that I liked me and you just had to like me the way I was and accept me the way I was because that's who I am and like me that way or not. And you know, as long as I chose to side with my flesh of being fat and I thought that's a part of me and that's who I am, I stayed that way. But the minute that I realized that I didn't have to be that way and I listened to the truth of no fear and the truth of not being upset every time I heard something about it and the truth of God was on my side and this revelation about what he was saying tonight then I could get free and that's what happened tonight you thought he was talking to you tonight but he was talking to me tonight 
I give him the best messages that he ever, 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 ever gets. And he was talking to me tonight. Because you know what? I've been frustrated about trying to figure out how, Lord, can we make this church go still? And how can we make that church go? And up and down, Lord, show me, show me, show me, show me. And see, he comes in here and gives me all the answers. And I don't have to be frustrated anymore. So you got to hear it just for me. Glory to God. Don't he love me? Don't he love me? Yes, he does. So you got to hear it from me. Y'all at Branson got to hear it from me, the internet and everybody else. And I'm not going to take the devil's side and get offended about it. And I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm just going to say, thank you, Lord, for doing that for me. Yes, because I can take that to my heart and I can put it into practice and I can not get upset or frustrated or worried about how I can make this work and that work. Or how I can see everything happening or working out. And you have to be the same way with your stuff. Maybe you don't see it. Or maybe you can't figure it out. But just let it roll off your shoulders. And just walk away from it and say, God, you got it. You got it. It's yours. You can figure it out. You love me that much. To have Brother Keith talk about it tonight and deal with it. You love me that much. And don't side with the devil, side with God. And always stay on his side. Glory to God. I think we'll just sing this as we'll be dismissed. Altar care workers, if you would come to the front here and in Branson. And sing about God's peace and just take it home with you. And sing it while you're laying in the bed. And don't try to figure it out in your head. Just say, God, you got it. I got peace. You got everything else. I just got peace. Glory to God. Can you say amen? You guys sing it, we'll be dismissed.